0: going on guys gals and everyone in between you are on the sidelines with the sideline guys and today you are joining us for a very special mma edition um of course i've got my brother in arms my brother from another mother my guy negron squared sean negron how's it going sean how's how things been over there in
1: sweet long island it's good man uh man as regular as this card is i'm very very excited about it. there's so many great fights in this card even though there's not a technical title on the line i am as excited as i could ever be especially coming off of a ufc 290. this is going to be a very fun card and i'm very much looking forward to it
0: heck yeah And there's not not a lot of room for us unfortunately to dive into 290 talk um but Had an awesome time with you over there. So once again, thanks for that invite. But like you said, you tipped our hand a little bit here. This episode, we're going to be talking all things (laughs) UFC 291, giving you the full preview before we get to Saturday night's main event. And then, of course, um, giving our picks and plays throughout for each of these fights. And then at the end, we're going to play a little dynasty fantasy mma game which i'm really looking forward to since fantasy season is now upon upon us in the nfl world i figured why not why not try to make it applicable over here to the mma world so looking forward to drafting our lineups for ufc 291 and beyond Um, but with all that being said make sure that you're following us on all social media platforms you can find me at negron mma on twitter as well as chris negron underscore well, X, whatever the hell you want to call it at this point. Um, and then I'll have um, Sean do his in a second. But make sure you're following the brand as well at OTS Media Co. On all platforms, OTS Media on YouTube. We've got a lot of dope stuff coming for to you guys. Some Lord of the Rings trilogy talk, which I'm really excited about. Got to watch that um that that trilogy for the first time and had a lot of pretty dope things to say about it. Yeah, man, you got to check it out. It's actually really good. Like, I thought I'm a pretty nerdy dude, right? So it's like right in my wheelhouse. Um, But uh, it's actually a much better movie, in my opinion, than I ever would have anticipated. Like, I think anyone that isn't even into fantasy could, like, dig into it and enjoy it. So I would highly recommend. But if you want to hear us talk about those movies, uh, check us out on OTS Media Co., as well as all other sports and all other uh, lifestyle needs. Uh, we're looking forward to doing our NFL previews coming up real soon too. So a lot of dope stuff on the horizon over there at the channel, make sure you check it out. Uh, but with all that being said,
1: Sean, why don't you tell them where we- they can find you as well? Sorry to make them wait. No, that's fine. Uh, I love doing these. Yeah, you can find me, I'm assuming we're still calling a Twitter for the time being, at uh, seanagron 26 same last name. Um, and then you could find me at BS Reports on Twitter. I have my own website, BSReports.org. Where you want to be a writer, you want to be anything sports related, and you need help getting started, reach out to me. You can reach out to me on either accounts, and I'll help you get there. Um, I have a baseball podcast as well called At That's Baseball. You could find me there. I have a bunch of different things. I have another football podcast that I'm about to start for the second season at the National Fan Loop. That's going to be exciting. Looking forward to getting that started again. And uh, yeah, you, you you you'll never not find me. I'm, I'm doing everything sports. You know, this is uh, my first year tabbing into the MMA UFC world. Uh, I've been watching it for the last you know ten years. But now that I get to talk about it, it's, it's amazing i love it and so you know, now i can officially say i talk every sport so this is uh this is awesome
0: heck yeah i'm loving it and you really do know your shit man so it's always a pleasure to have you on the show to I break do down miss. these cards <laughs> and man uh, ahead of time too like i feel like there's sometimes times where i'm here tripping out kind of blending a couple fighters together in my brain and then you're like correcting me like hey what, what are you talking about and i'm like hey <laughs> not it's seldom that someone can match me so i appreciate that uh with all that being said let's let's get straight into it right we got a lot of different yes, fights sir. we got a breakdown here but um we got to be transparent right that's a, that's what we do on the show uh our last sort of card breakdown we did was for ufc 290 um our final scores unfortunately we had one fight f- fall out which was the jack jdm three named jack jack della madalena versus uh josiah harrell fight uh so that one got null and void but Our record for the week, mine was three and five and Sean went four and four. So Sean is kicking my ass. Last two cards, he got me on picks. And this one, uh, I mean, none of us were 500, right? So, well, well, you were sitting just at 500. So we got to get our acts together. So we picked the perfect card. No one (laughs) could
1: predict what 290 had become. I don't think anyone could have predicted that that was going to be the card of the year and that you could have seen Robert Whitaker go down, you know, Dan Hooker to have the comeback that he you, did. You called that.
0: Rumble I did. I, well, Rumble I brag. thought Dan
1: Hooker was going to win because he's had the experience, but I didn't think that one after that first round, I was like, man, I really wish I picked Jalen Turner, but you know, like, and I, I did feel that Robbie would have had one final thing left in the, in, in the chamber for him to, to go out like that. But, you did you did pick Alonzo Menafield, which I definitely wish I did now. I, I watching that fight, I remember just sitting there, what the hell was I thinking? Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, no, it was it was a. it was a great card. Probably go down as card of the year unless something takes it over, but it was uh it was it was a lot of fun. Heck yeah, and I'm hoping this card is another contender
0: for that as well. Uh you know the card is good when you go home, right? next day you watch the whole thing again right that that's how good Absolutely. it was for me so uh looking forward hopefully this weekend's card is more of the same so let's jump right into it on the prelims our first fight of the night we've got miranda maverick coming up against priscilla casueta um obviously this is a little bit of a quick turnaround right for miranda maverick um yes. i'll i'll start with my sort of thoughts on this matchup um i i think as far as prospects goes, right, it's pretty clear why Miranda Maverick is a big favorite here. I think she's sitting about minus 300. Um, I like the matchup for Miranda Maverick. This is a good bounce back fight, right? Uh, but if you're looking to play this fight, uh, this is a dog or pass kind of fight for me. And my, my reason of thinking that is... Although I'm a big fan of Miranda Maverick's upside, I feel like especially as of late, she hasn't really lived up, right, to that potential that we saw in her debut, uh, getting a really nice elbow knockout. And some of the fights even she had in Invicta, uh, still feel like she hasn't really um, seen her ceiling, right? And also has fought a lot of uh, women who are on the rise as well, right? People that we may not... Have necessarily understood how good they were until they were able to take her out people like aaron blanchfield and now yasmin yas Vicious. uh look at look just breezing through these names right you call me a pro baby uh but as far as the this matchup and the way it plays out um i think this should be a relatively easy win for miranda maverick um i personally wouldn't put her in any parlays though just because priscilla catuary at this point has cashed as a dog so many times um and just through pure what i call mma insanity right you don't you don't have to be better you don't have to be more technical uh you just sometimes you just got to be more durable and a little bit more powerful right and i think if and if Priscilla Cachueta has anything, it's raw power, right? And, and the ability to sort of change the tides regardless of how well you were doing before that. Um, this is a dangerous fight, and that's why I like it. I'm going to officially pick Miranda Maverick, uh, but I will not be surprised at all if Priscilla Cachuera ends up cracking her in an exchange and getting a finish. So it's one of those fights, right? Uh, women's MMA, women's science, uh, shout out to my guy Punch List, um MMA, my guy Dave over there. Uh, sometimes the dogs, man, they just cash in women's MMA, regardless of how how short those odds are. But um, I'm going to make my official pick as Miranda Maverick. I think on the feet, she's a little bit more technical and then has a whole nother avenue as far as pursuing takedowns and top control that I think Priscilla Cachoeira really doesn't do, um, at least in her UFC run so far. So I, I like this matchup, man, but I'm going Miranda Maverick.
1: What about you? Mm, tough one to start the card off because this is—I feel like it's—I I feel like the odds are a little heavily favored for Miranda. I don't know. Um, I, I have not been sold on Miranda for probably the last two fights, and Priscilla starting to get my attention, especially with that last TKO win. I—I I, like every part of me wants to say Miranda because. Miranda has the hype around her and she's supposed to be like, you know, people are really starting to pay attention to her. But like you said, like I could see a situation where Priscilla just cracks her and just finishes her within, you know, the second round. Like it could could be that quick. But I believe in the hype of what Miranda can be. I don't know if she's ever going to be any top 10 contender or top 5 contender, I should say. But both are having a tough UFC run to start and so right now I'm going to go with Miranda because these are I feel she's having a quick turnaround to bounce back from the loss and I think that that will start with a nice win here to start the card off right for uh, 291
0: I like it I like it we're both going the same direction but you can't hate it at all I think this is a bounce back fight for Miranda Ma- Maverick. And if she doesn't win this one, then we really are gonna have some issues, right? Like, I feel like this is the one where if you have trouble here, right, it's not looking so hot. So definitely uh, a lot of questions will be answered with this fight for sure. Um, next up, th- this one's a-, a-, a sneaky banger right here. I feel like this is the uh, one of the hands down favorites to go under a, a round, in my opinion. Uh, we got semi to Jedi, Matthew Semmelsberger coming up against Yudos Medich. I hope I said that correctly. Uh, but two guys that just come to bang, don't give a fuck, and, and throw caution to the win. I'm going to throw to you on this one. Uh, how do you think this one plays out?
1: Oh, I don't know. Ooh. It's a tough one. Uh, I haven't liked what I've seen from Matt this last couple of fights. Uh, even the win against Jake Matthews didn't really sell me. Um, and then the loss to Alex Morono really had me thinking. Yeah, but I'm not really high on Medita. Wow, I see. I'm see. This is what happens. I'm not saying any more names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say Fighter A and Fighter B at this point because it, it's. I'm gonna say Euros. Is that is that that's definitely that's messed beautiful. up? But you you know it, what? That's yeah. what's gonna. That's what's gonna be. I'm not a big fan of Semelsberger, but oh. This is tough for me. I feel like this is such an in between fight, mm-hmm. and I, oh, you know what? Give me Matthew for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this will end in someone's getting knocked out. But uh, God, this is—I—I I could go with Euro, but just give me Matt. I don't want to <laughs> waste any more time. Just give me Matt. <laughs> I'm not sold. That's the thing. I'm not sold on this fight yet that is fair that is fair um I would say I feel
0: like I don't really have a good sense <laughs> of either of these guys right at this point I feel like um from what I've seen from Medich it's either he is getting knocked out in short fashion by Jalen Turner or he's losing a fight that he ends up coming back to win against uh, Omar Morales so it's kind of like not really sure what to expect right um i remember being really impressed with him in his contender series victory against elon cruz um cruz was super hyped up coming in and he was able to get a finish really within two minutes of that fight so um i feel like this is another fight for me just to give a full context matthew semelsberger is a minus 190 favorite and uh euros medic is sitting at plus 160 um this is another dog pass for me i feel like even when Semmelsberger is doing his thing, it feels like a a sprint to the finish, right? It feels like a, I need to get you out of here right now. I'm going to self-destruct uh, kind of situation. And I mean, you could say the same thing about Medic too, right? So that, that's what makes this fight super shady. I'm staying away from all money lines. I'll, if, if you're going to go anywhere on this, uh, go under, right? Go under two rounds or something like that if you could get it at your house. Um, I think that's a pretty fair bet. i' I'll, I'll be really surprised if this one goes to the decision. Um, i'm gonna I'm gonna pick Matthew Summelsberger. I think he's the more mm-hmm. powerful athlete from what we've seen so far. Um, but would I be surprised once again? Not at all. Um, this is one of those fights where uh, they knew what they was doing right? when they was booking it, right? they they knew they knew what kind of matchup they wanted to see. And I'm pretty sure we're gonna get it. Uh, but we got both unanimous picks in the last two: Matthew Schmelzberger and Miranda Maverick. Next up, CJ Vergara coming up against Venetia Salvador. Um, I'm a—I don't know why. I'll, I'll preface my my next sentence by saying I do not know why. Uh, but I'm a huge CJ Vergara fan. Like since that's funny. yeah, since seeing him on the Contender Series get a, get a huge upset, and then the war he just came off of, right where. Um yep. he literally was <laughs> fighting, fighting for them. his life and at certain points running away from his opponent, just in the opposite direction. Um, and then was able to come back and, and really mount what I what I thought was a historic comeback victory against Luan Lacerta. Um that, that was a crazy fight, right? At at home. And I don't know what it is, man. I just I love his approach to the fights. I feel like he isn't super disciplined right but he go he gets after it and he knows when to sort of remove himself from situations if it's getting too dangerous um venicia salvador also surprised me a lot in his last fight against victor altamirano i think altamirano's a little bit better than people give him credit for obviously just came up short against tim elliott um but I think this one's pretty cut and dry for me. I feel like on the feet, uh, CJ Vergara should be able to um, land better strikes and sort of keep things at range. I'm a little worried about uh, Vinicius' length in this matchup and being able to sort of push clinch exchanges. And you know what? Actually, I just talked myself out of this one. Give me the underdog. The first dog pick of the night, Vinicius Salvador. I think size Hmm. matters. Um, and I think in this matchup at Flyweight, it's just going to be a matter of who can sort of implement their game plan. And unfortunately, I don't really trust CJ Vergara um, to be consistent in that way. Now, that's no shade. Once again, I just gave him a lot of praise before I, I made the pick. Uh, but give me
1: the underdog, Vinicius Salvador. Interesting. I think um, I think he can win uh, Vinicius if he gets a takedown. But... I don't know. Going off of, uh, going off of being a fight of the night for Vergara, they both fought on the same card. I think, mm-hmm. I think it was the, Sanhagen one. So, um, I remember the CJ Vergara one winning fight of the night, and I liked everything that he was doing that that fight. The only thing was the takedowns that that concerned me. I feel like he gets taken down and then it's kind of held down, mm-hmm. and. I think Venetius could definitely do that and steal a round or two, or ste- you know, and and it could go that route. But I I honestly do expect CJ to take the fire from that incredible fight in his last one, mm-hmm. and I expect I expect the win. Honestly, I don't know. I want to say it could be knockout, round and pound knockout, but as long as CJ doesn't get taken down and you know get exposed for more you know, than four or five minutes of ground time, then I could see him absolutely winning this fight. So right now I'm gonna stick with CJ and uh, believe that he can get the job done and kind of make a statement to build back up. I, and that was the thing that uh, shocked me about this spe- uh, specific fight, why they chose these two fighters to fight. Um, I was surprised that coming off the loss for Vinicius, you know, brand new to the UFC that they would have been gonna give him CJ for right after that for mm-hmm. coming off a of fight of the night. Like that's a, I felt like that was a pretty lopsided thing, but the Venetius is a bigger guy. So I could see it going in what, you know, UFC fans consider a boring fight where you could hear the first booze, but I, you could also hear fight of the night sort of cheers where this guy comes in and just shuts the lights out. So, I'm gonna believe that that's what's gonna happen i'm gonna believe that this fight card is going to be one to remember as well and with all these incredible names on it so i'm going with cj with knockout win
0: Oof, i like it i like it he's going by knockout too um i'm, I'm gonna write that down right be a knockout <laughs> i think i think we should try to give those sort of picks as well i think i'm gonna try to incorporate that moving forward whether i think it's gonna be a decision bonus or points. some sort of finish right might as well right a little bonus that's points. right Th- throw it in there uh but we got our first dog pick right sound the alarms uh, let's start barking baby next fight we've got jake matthews coming up against darius flowers um i am not familiar with darius flowers in any capacity right so this kind of feels like a toss-up pick to me um Right now, if I'm not mistaken, um, let me just double check this. Yeah, there's not even odds odds? out. There's not even odds out for this right now on the UFC.com website. So there you go. As far as uh, analysis here, you're not going to be able to get too much out of me. I'm going to say, as far as Jake Matthews' career has been going, right? I think the story of his career has been potential, 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 right? Uh, Since he made his debut. everyone's always sort of looked at him as a, a real um incomplete project but someone that can really grow into his own at this weight class um obviously started at 155 now made the made the move permanently to 170 um i don't i don't know what it is i feel like when it comes to uh jake matthews performances it's either he's hit or miss, right like in the in the fialo fight that was just a banger right where he was able to be the first one to, to to crack the chin and get the win. Um, but in even in the Semelsberger fight, I felt like there was times where he was getting hurt pretty e- relatively easily in exchanges and then found himself on the bottom and just wasn't really getting up. So I, I'm, I've always been a a, a fan of Jake Matthews and what he's been able to do. I think he, once again, his potential is through the roof. Um, his frame even for when he was at lightweight was absolutely massive. And still now at welterweight, he's a big dude, right? So um, I don't think he's going to be sort of outgunned in that way. Um, but I am a little nervous, right? I think Darius Flowers, from from everything I'm seeing, he's a, a knockout puncher. He gets um, five, nine wins by knockout, seven first-round finishes. Um, so look for this one to be a banger for however long it lasts. Um, I'm going to... I don't have the, the balls, right, to make the, the upset pick here. I'm gonna go Jake Matthews um by decision.
1: But I'm gonna say I have oh, I'm
0: talking out the side of my fucking face, right? So I have <laughs> no, I'm very un, un very unaware of Darius Flowers and his game, but give me Jake Matthews.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going with Jake just because of the experience and the history of I've seen him so many times. How many fights do you think this is with Jake Matthews in the UFC? It's got to be like over 12, right? 13? Yeah. Got to be, right? You know, um, he's been around since, I would say, like 2014, 2015. So I'm going to take the experience of knowing how he fights. There are times where he comes off super flat-footed, and, you know, he was supposed to be one of the next big things to come into the UFC, one of the biggest faces that they could have developed didn't really work out that way. I felt like every time he fought one of a top 10 component, you know, he sort of fell And uh, to keep it lightly. But there are times where he comes in and has one of the best fights you can get on a card. You know, he's had he's had performance of the nights. He's had fight of the nights. He's been out there. That It wasn't the last fight, but it was the uh, Yuri Glover card. Where he had, I think, performance of the night. Mm-hmm. So and it's Fialo, yep. Yes, there you go. I always forget his name because it's, is It's like Andre. It's hard to
0: pronounce. It it, it looks like Fi uh,
1: Fialho, but it's Fialo. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. So I always, yeah, I always forget that. Um, so I'm I'm expecting that, and with this guy with no experience, he was on a Dana White contender series. He's he only has the win through the injury, um, in the first round. So there's not much to really go based off of there. I'm, I like the experience here. You know, there's there's a we've seen it just in this uh, team McGregor versus Team Chandler Ultimate Fighter nonsense, where you get prospects versus veterans, and you could see a veteran who has plenty of UFC experience coming against guys who are just coming into the UFC or trying to get to the UFC. And you can see the difference. The level of fighting is at a totally different level, and even though they may be equally in talent, you know they're just at a different level of knowing how to prepare for an opponent and how to win a fight. You know, and mentally prepare yourself for another war. And I think uh, Jake Matthews, to be honest with you, I think Jake Matthews wins this one pretty handedly, unless because you're telling me he's got this crazy power it could take just one overhand right and we're we're having a different story next time we we talk but experience tells a story a lot in UFC and i'm going to go with Jake Matthews on that one
0: that is all a fair shot i'm trying to see if there's anyone on his record that i yeah, no, not. I mean, you're supposed to fight Jay Ellis at one point, which is <laughs> fucking sad, right? If you see Jay Ellis on <laughs> on someone's uh, Wikipedia page, it's like, man, um, just free brain damage. We're just handing out free <laughs> brain damage over here on the regional circuit. Uh, but has a loss to Bobby Volker. Yeah, I don't know. I. I I feel like he, if he's gonna win, right, it's by some powerful, crazy shit, right? <laughs> In his last, his last fight, he got a win from slamming his opponent until uh, they that they had a a shoulder injury. So, um, yeah. Once again, this is one of those fights where, unfortunately, I wish we had a little bit more of a technical analysis for you guys, given given the two fighters. Uh, but yeah, Jake Matthews should win this one. Now, do you have a final guess? Because I I looked it up while you were talking for which what is the the total of jake matthew jake matthew's ufc fights so far um do you have a final guess for how many fights he's fought already up to this point
1: Hmm. put me on the spot like that okay i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with 17 holy shit you are on point. So he has had Get the sixteen. Hell out of here. He oh, has okay. had sixteen already, <laughs> but
0: this is the seventeenth. So yes, you I you are I, correct. You are when correct. When did he start? Twenty fifteen. Um, I'll tell you right now. Well, even before was it, then, right? So Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Okay. But yeah, before I even really started faithfully watching MMA. Um, yes. And I, I remember
1: him, man. Two and zero. supposed to be the next big thing. And then uh, it was that loss to. What's a tall guy uh uh james vick mm-hmm. back then yeah that changed everything for him and like the hype had immediately died down after that mm-hmm. and then he fought kevin lee lost to him like, whatever two or three fights later and after that it kind of was like i thought he was gonna leave the ufc i thought, i thought he did leave the ufc for a bit but He just took time Uh, off
0: and went out. Yeah, I guess that's that's what he did. He took time
1: off. And then uh, ever since that, I think he can beat guys like these where unranked dudes or top 15 guys, he can always handle his own. But I feel like you could see different levels of fighters when you get to the top 10. And I feel like every time he, you know, gets close to getting there, you know, he gets uh, exposed. And we saw that recently with the Sean Brady fight where, you know, the the hype between Jake Matthews getting there you got the three wins in a row you started to believe you know granted one of them i guess diego sanchez which should never be fighting again but you know like you started to believe in jake matthews a little bit while sean brady wasn't really that hyped up yet and sean brady you know i think dominated dominated that was was a knockout or submission it was an arm you know, triangle Yep, submission there you go so I, I just remember that being a very dominant performance and um you know ever since that and that's who he is. Like, and then he goes down. He'll win a couple more, and then he'll lose. But then he'll keep coming back. Like, he's a perfect guy in the UFC that you could keep giving a contract to because he's gonna have some great fights, and he's always gonna be around. Like, he's always gonna be the uh, gatekeeper in a way mm-hmm. to this unranked to ranked sort of fights. Unfortunately yep. for him
0: he always looks good coming off the bus too right so i think that's that's always a that's (laughs) always a good a good thing so yeah 11 and 5 in his ufc career so far which is honestly very impressive like that that that's a hard thing to do uh, when you've had that many fights and you're coming out on top um the majority of the time so uh all makes sense why we're picking him here but once again darius could just (laughs) land overhand right and shut all of us up so uh a lot of reasons to check this one out um this next fight sleepy banger right here i'm looking forward to this one Mm. we've got the baby face assassin himself roman kopilov uh coming up against uh the brazilian mike tyson i believe he calls himself uh, claudio (laughs) Ribero. um i'll let you take the reins on this one uh this one's a middleweight and right now kopilov is a minus 220 favorite you can get claudio Ribero
1: at plus 180 Someone's getting knocked out, that's for sure. Because it's always a performance with these guys. Um, I, I believe from Claudio, I think every fight's ended in a knockout, either for him or against him. And I don't know. I'm 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 more on the. I uh, see. I'm not going to try saying names here. Roman Kopilov. is that right? Did I say that? Perfect. Here we go. One for one. Um, uh, I'm i'm on his train on this one uh his last fight which i feel like just happened did it not no it was a little while
0: back um wow has it really been get that for you yeah about six yeah six months ago now january 14th that's crazy time flies
1: right i felt like that was like a month or two ago that's crazy um wow that's wild okay so um uh, i'm gonna go with him i'm gonna go with roman by knockout in the first round okay i like that i like that uh, ground and pounds at the end i think he stuns him dude eyes roll back and then it's elbows and forearms it's a sleepy time for sure
0: um i don't know what it is about claudio rivero but i find him to be such a fucking weird dude like with all due respect (laughs) uh very much has johnny walker vibes right just a insane athlete for the division at middleweight uh but the weirdest thing about him shout out to this right i have to mention this is uh the woman that's always in his corner i don't know if you're familiar with what i'm even talking Mm -hmm. about right now uh but there's an older woman right whenever i see her i can almost imagine it being his mother potentially right right Um, I've seen them kiss on the lips, so maybe they're married. I have no idea what's going on, right? I have no idea. I'll be frank about this. Um, But she, she like, before every one of his fights, and please check this out because I'm not bugging. I don't think I want to. (laughs) Before every one of his fights, she, like, has a moment with him and, like, either, and, and it's happened in both ways where either he's in tears or she's in tears or they're both in tears, Kind of sharing a moment, and then, and then like she kind of like sends him off with a blessing, and then he goes into the cage. Just one of the most stranger corner relationships, right? That I I'm not sure what the situation is, so I'm not trying to speculate or talk shit. Uh, but just one of the funnier uh people to sort of pay attention to before the fight right these are things that i always am sort of keeping an eye on trying to i'm always looking outside of the cage trying to see if there's people that i recognize or things like that but every time i watch him fight i'm always like what the fuck did i just watch so and, (laughs) and he's he's someone that comes to fucking bang right we know this already uh tried and true at this point that whenever he fights um it's kill or be killed right and often he's the one that gets the knockout Um, His last fight wasn't fortunate enough for things to go that way. Um, I've just been such a big fan of Roman Kapilov's improvement, right? Earlier on in his UFC run, just had a horrible time against a lot of veteran wrestlers and was at a point, right, where he was like, I think, I think one and two in the UFC. And he took some time away, came back with a little fro, and just turn into a completely different beast of a fighter, man. I think on the feet, he's super technical, throws really nice, sharp, straight punches in combination, and really moves well for the middleweight division. And I know that that's not a high bar to clear, right? Uh, But always able to sort of uh, keep his opponent chasing uh, while also putting himself in a good position to land strikes. Um, I'm a big fan of his improvements and what I've seen so far. So I think I'm a little bit more... Um, firm on this pick than most people, right? Uh, I'm going to go Roman Kapilov here. I think this is, for me, one of my parlay pieces, right, potentially. I I think it's that uh, one-sided of a fight. I think this is an IQ test. I think if Roman Kapilov loses this fight, I think it speaks more to um, him sort of falling into that same pattern we saw in his earlier UFC career versus Claudio Ribeiro sort of having his breakout moment. Um, I, I don't think Ribeiro's going anywhere, even if he loses three in a row. I think he's that, one of those kind of fighters that the UFC would just love to keep around. And I think eventually will find himself on a winning streak. Uh, but give me Roman Kapeloff here by TKO as well. So we got two Roman Kapeloff picks here. Um, not too much disparity so far. So I'm looking forward no, this is to seeing. I might have right? to start changing it up. Copy No, no, don't do it just for the sake uh, But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, this one feels like another one that's going to – you'll be good betting the under on this one. Um, Next up, one of my all-time favorite fighters, Derek Lewis, coming up against Marcus Rogerio de Lima. Um, Derek Lewis is a plus 155 underdog, while Marcos de Lima is a minus 180 favorite. I'm taking a dog shot here off rip. I'm not even going to break down the fight. I'm letting you know that I'm picking Derek Lewis by TKO. And my reason being is I think he knows at this point (laughs) that he needs a career resurgence, right? And I think in this matchup, while I agree that Delima has more well-rounded skills, um, this may sound strange when, when, you consider the fact that Derek lewis basically gasses in every one of his fights but i think he has a way deeper cardio base than delima i think the first round is going to be real dangerous if Derek lewis gets stopped in the first round won't be surprised right we've been seeing him on a streak of getting knocked out early and it has been sad it's been breaking my heart um but i think the longer this fight goes the more Derek lewis will have to offer and i think especially if he's able to manage the range specifically getting out the way of leg kicks early on and not letting that become the story of the fight i think Derek lewis is going to be um landing big shots come the second and third round and i think delima will really be there to be hit come the third round so i'm going Derek lewis a late round tko here uh but once again heavyweight mma i won't be surprised by anything i could also see DeLima taking him down, cooking him from on top, and getting a ground and pound victory as well. I won't be surprised by that. Uh, this is a heart pick 10 times out of 10. Uh, but I think Derek Lewis's upside, even at this stage of his career, is much higher than DeLima. So give me Derek Lewis.
1: Tough, 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 tough. Because I love Derek Lewis, but I'm going against you. Um, I think Marcos is built to land last in these three rounders right now, I think Margo's biggest downfall is the submission game. I feel like he loses a lot uh, once he's taken down it's kind of like ine- inevitable I feel like that's what we've seen throughout his tenure as a UFC fighter but I'm not I'm not sold on Marcos really like at all, but I also, I feel like everyone's kind of figured out Derek Lewis's game plan of kind of standing and banging with you. And if you could just avoid getting hit in the face, which is, I guess, not easy to do in the UFC, but if you can avoid getting that overhand right from Derek Lewis and, you know, getting stuck into the, onto the cage and getting pieced up, if Marcos can escape the first round, this is Marcos fight all day. I think Derek Lewis will gas out within like six or seven minutes. And then I could see Marcos su- submitting him, or just getting some sort of TKO victory on the ground. and pound, like you said, um, I would love to see Derek Lewis win because I love Derek Lewis fights. He's a his fights are always one of the best fights on the card. It's always going to be tense, interesting, and he's one of the funniest dudes I know. Like I, I every time I see him, he's makes me laugh so. And he's got one of the best power. He's got the record, right, for most knockouts in UFC heavyweight history, I believe. So. Yep. I'd love to see him add to it, but I feel like Marcos is perfect for the Derek Lewis is perfect for Marcos because this could help him push him cuz I think Marcos is probably right outside rankings. Like I I, I thought mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be 15, but um yep. I would say this is a nice win for him, and this kind of pushes Derek Lewis' career outside of rankings. Maybe he has one more in him, but I'm gonna go Marcos by submission, or by ground and pound TKO uh, at the end of round two.
0: I like it. I Sorry, like
1: everybody.
0: it. No, yeah, respect, right? You got to do what you got to do here. Um, I'm gonna write down. I'm gonna write down officially third round for me. You said second round, right? Yeah all right TKO round two
1: all right it's gonna uh, be a great fight but i feel like it's we're gonna be a to mess see... of a fight
0: right like it's gonna be fucking sloppy no matter I where
1: think, it... it reminds me of Derek brunson in way where you kind of know the, the blueprint in front of you of how this fight's about to go mm-hmm. and uh if as long as it goes according to game plan for the opponent it's gonna work out for the opponent and i feel like that's what's gonna happen but at the same time you could see like a Curse Blade situation where Curse Blades should have absolutely won that fight, and then one little uppercut, and oh, I shouldn't say one little uppercut, one devastating uppercut, out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, you know, Derek Lewis walks away with his with his hand raised. So, you know, Curse Blades was dominating that fight, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. So that I can see a, absolutely, I can see a situation happening with that, but if it doesn't happen like that, I think it's Marco Sulday.
0: That's very fair. Very fair. Next up, we've got Gabriel Bombfim, the second of the Bombfim brothers coming up against Trevin Giles here at Welterweight. Giles is a -315 favorite. Um Gabriel Bombfim +260. So Ooh, I'm going to wow. throw to you on this one, man. What do you what do you think about this matchup?
1: Wow, I'm surprised that the odds are that much. I I'm going with Trevin here. I I really like what I've seen from Trevin and I think to be honest with you i think it's going to be a absolute banger of a fight and the fact that you put it on abc to be your prelim uh top fight has me believe that they believe that trevin giles will win this one or giles I, I see i'm done it's even it's a simple <laughs> name and i can't get it but um I like Bonfemus. Nah, no. I'm going with Trevin. Trevin. Okay. Go with Trevin. First round. First round knockout? Knockout.
0: Ooh. It no way. Okay. I Change like that. Up. First round. Changing it, it up. Changing it up. So here is where the Disagree winners are decided, right? I agree with you on the first sentiment where you said, I was surprised Damn. by this line, right? The The line is insane. There's yeah. no way I'm I'm putting chalk and and minus 300 chalk on Trevin Giles to win against anyone, fun. uh. But let alone against um, but against Gabriel Bonfim here now. Hear me out, right? Hear me out. Um, Trevin Giles is on a two fight win streak. I'll give you that, and I do really right. like his stand up. I think on the feet he's really powerful. And he's able to really affect change, especially with his jab. I think he has one of the best jabs in, and hear me out on this one, in the welterweight division. Like, the dude's hands are are really impressive. Um, But considering the fact that, you know, Let's look at competition, right? Who did he face in his last two? Preston Parsons and Orion Kosi. I think Gabriel Bonfim is better than both of those guys. And yes. he just submitted M- Munir Lizez, who I think is better than all three <laughs> of these people mentioned. So uh, including Trevin Giles. Now you could argue it was a flash sort of submission, right? So we're not really sure what the finished product looks like, right? So I, I am making a very um, potential-based pick here. Uh, but I'm going with Gabriel Baumfim here. I just feel like the the level of competition that Giles has fought recently is sort of making him appear to be a little bit better than he is. And the fact that he is a minus 300 favorite in this one is kind of mind-blowing to me. So uh, this is going to be one that I'm keeping an eye out to try to play uh, Gimme-Gabriel Baumfim by, hmm, stays by, decision. by decision. I think this is going to be a, a, a closer fight than people think
1: you you're so he's going to be undefeated by the end of it is what you're saying.
0: Yep, he he's he's currently undefeated and he will remain undefeated um <laughs> uh, via decision. So I All got right. that written down. All right. Uh next up, I'm going to throw I'm gonna, I'm I'll start the analysis off on this one. Um mm-hmm. Michael Chiesa, the the wild man from Washington himself coming up against Kevin Holland. Um I've waffled a little bit back and forth on this one. Kevin Holland is a minus 145 favorite, uh, while Michael Chiesa is a plus 125 underdog. Interesting, considering he is ranked 12th, right? And Kevin Holland is not currently in the welterweight rankings. Um, here's where I land on this fight. Right when you think of the way this fight's going to play out, it's no doubt in my mind, at least that at some point, Michael Chiesa is going to get Kevin Holland down. Um, I think he's, his grappling and his wrestling specifically is that good. Even, even after, you know, filling out at welterweight, I think he's just a really strong, powerful uh, wrestler, was able to handle his own against Sean Brady. And unfortunately he was, he came out on the wrong side of that one, but it was a real close fight. Um, It's been two years since we've seen Chiesa. And I think generally I don't like that, right? Generally, I tend to lean towards a more active fighter. Um, But in this matchup, I think having the time to sort of heal up a lot of these long nagging injuries and put himself in a position to have some adequate adequate skill growth here. um, I think it makes sense to me why Kevin Holland is favorited here. Um, I just feel like I've seen Kevin Holland get controlled on the ground too many times for my liking. Uh, to confidently pick him here, so give me Michael
1: Chiesa by decision. Ooh, I say Chiesa by submission. Ooh, uh, I think, I think it's gonna be. You got a hmm. round for me? I'm thinking to be safe. I want to say third, but I, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll go third round. I like it. I think third round. I think exactly what you're thinking. I think, and also Kevin Holland is. I've said this on the podcast so many times where. Kevin Holland is who Kevin Holland, the fighter you get from him is whoever he is that day when he wakes up. If he decides he wants to be competitive and one of the top welterweights in the world, he'll he will be. You know he can be. It's lengthy. He could do it. He's got some more range, but it's also if he wants to fuck around, he's gonna fuck around. And I don't think KSA is there to fuck around. I think this is one of the biggest fights for him and his career coming back from the injuries you know the loss to luke and then sean brady you know uh i he i liked his win against neil magny i i i think he i think he wants this one bad i saw i saw the podcast he does with um oh my god what's his name the the retired fighter uh my god he has a podcast that he does um with The UFC. You are educating he, me because I
0: oh Paul Felder.
1: Thank you, Paul Felder. Yes, I thought I, I don't know
0: why for a second there I thought you were talking about Kevin Holland and I kind of got confused. But yes, no, no, no. Paul Felder but, and he, Kiesa, the dynamic duo.
1: He looks so motivated, and he hmm. does. He looks like he really, really wants this one. You know, he's say he's going at this with a totally different mindset, but he is so determined to get back into the rankings. And I know he's twelve, but back into the rankings of being a top ten fighter and showing people that he can still be a champion and uh i think that starts here i don't i'm not i said this in the last podcast as well where i don't really believe in the kevin holland top 10 fighter hype I'm, i think he's a great fighter but i'm not much to believe he's ever going to crack the top 10 and i feel like this is like the level that he can go for kevin holland like you know he could beat the Ponza because nebios the injury history and the you know, he was supposed to be great but you can never really get there but you know the, the wonder boy fight like kind of showed me as well that even though he's not getting taken down he can get exposed pretty quickly granted i know he broke his hand and all that but um the wonder boy fight really showed me something and then all the other fights too the hamza fight was such a ragdolling performance like he's getting fucking thrown around it's just so embarrassing granted that fight should have never happened that still believe that ufc thing was such a little conspiracy but um that's how i feel he's had some great great wins and kevin holland could crack him, and then all of a sudden we're having a completely different conversation but i, I believe if Kessa never had gotten the injuries and dealing with all the lingering stuff still fighting he'd be a top 10 guy and i believe now that he's taken some time off to make sure he's 100 percent for the first time in five or six years I expect him to get a nice dominating win and kind of bring himself and show the rest of the UFC that he's back and he's a top 10 guy.
0: I like it. I like it. I, I, I'm a fan of both these guys, right? So no matter what happens, I'm not going to be disappointed. I just feel like this is one of those styles make fights kind of matchups. And if Kevin Holland wins, it's going to be by some dumb shit, right? It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> yeah. by some silly punch that didn't really land directly, but somehow somehow, wobbles kiesa and puts him in a position to get finished right that's the kind of situation i see as far as um his path to victory and and do i think that that is a a a result i want to bet on not 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 at all um but once again kevin holland has good grappling too so this is this is one that we can look pretty silly come the end of the night for making the pick uh but we're standing with it next up Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. Um, oof, oof. I just gotta start by saying, God damn, uh Bobby Green is a minus three seventy-five favorite with Tony Ferguson at plus two eighty five on the comeback. Um nope. obviously Bobby Green coming off of that uh
1: the no head contest but, head but no yeah.
0: contest uh with um why am I forgetting Jared Gordon yep. um and Tony Ferguson obviously uh coming off of uh that Your favorite loss to nate diaz yes the 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 og favorite fighter of mine um i don't like uh the current situation that tony ferguson is in as far as coming off of a dui right a very public one and all of that stuff so it is kind of dodgy in that way um a little a little nervous about making the pick um I just got to say it, man. I just got to say it. I think our days, our days of seeing Tony Ferguson as El Kukui, are long past us. I think even in his last fight against Nate, he just looks so slow. Both of them look so slow, but he looked uh, significantly slow in that one. I think you could argue looking back at competition, right? I saw I saw this post. It was like I can't wait till Tony Ferguson wins this weekend and then has, rolls off another ten fight win streak to the, to win the belt. And I was like, you know what? That sounds amazing. Uh, but there's no way uh, that I see that happening in this scenario. Um, I love me some Tony Ferguson, but unfortunately um i'm gonna have to pick bobby green here by tko round two i think bobby green is super slick on the feet doesn't get the credit he deserves in my opinion for how good he is um i think he's gonna be able to land consistently to the body and sort of keep tony ferguson chasing him and just out volume him um uh, yeah i'm gonna go tko round two bobby green and it hurts my heart to admit it uh, but you know who I'm rooting for, right? You know who I'm going to be cheering for regardless Absolutely. of of who is gonna, who I think is going to win. Uh, but it's going to be a sad day in the Negron household.
1: Well, I'm about to cheer you up because I think Tony wins this one. ho, Absolutely. I think Bobby Green is a fantastic fighter, but he's also been around a very long minute. And, uh, oh my God, like... Well, you have to say Bobby Green's been here for at least 12 years, right? Like, he's been around. And he's never really brought me to the hype that I thought he could have been. And I felt like that was so long ago. That Dustin Poirier fight from, like, seven years ago maybe now? Like, eight years ago? I don't even remember. But. That's when I like believed in the Bobby Green hype, and then I stopped believing in the Bobby Green hype that quickly. And then ever since that, I've always loved when he fights. I've always been a big fan of his. But I believe that Tony has fought the best of the best at this weight class. Got demolished by Gaethje. Then you know Charles Oliveira, same thing. All of them were on the come up Dariush, and then the Michael Chandler fight changed my perspective in a way because I believe Tony won that first round. Yeah, and then it was the obviously the front kick, one of the one of the most devastating knockouts I've ever seen on anyone, especially on someone like him who never gets knocked out. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yes, he's got the TKO lost to Gaethje, but he never got knocked out. He was fighting through it all. To see yeah. him go to sleep like that, I think changed him. And you know, he's coming back with the dyed hair. He's up in a weight class. You know, they're he's trying to change everything. This team's all like a big mistake. And like, then again, with the conspiracy, with this whole, you know, he's supposed. To, who was he supposed to fight? Li Jingling, I think it was. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's Nate Diaz on the main event. It's like. He got no time to really prepare. He looked super slow. He looked—he's not a welterweight. He's a lightweight. He was always built to be a lightweight. He's much better as a lightweight. And everyone who's fought at lightweight has been top three, top five guys. And yeah, he's not the most competitive out there. You know, I remember going into the Oliveira fight thinking, I think he's going to bounce. I think Oliveira wins, but I think it's going to be a great fight. Mm-hmm. Granted, it wasn't. You know, I thought Tony Ferguson has got his arm ripped off, but... And his leg.
0: Don't forget Yeah, that too.
1: You're right. You're right. But then the, when I saw the Darius fight, you know, Darius dominated, but I was like, Tony held his own, made it to the end. It's pretty surprised. And then the Michael Chandler fight, like, I, I'm starting to see Tony come back a little bit. So I feel like when you go from Gaethje, Oliveira, Darius Chandler, and then the, the Nate Diaz fight, I really don't count for him because... Up in a weight class. Now you're fighting at a. a, I don't even know if they kept it at welterweight. I think they did a catchweight, and then, I, I believe maybe I'm wrong. But then, having literally less than 24 hours of knowing who your fighter is like that, that that whole thing was bull and whatever. You know, I that was that was made for Nate Diaz. That was a that fight was made for him to win. You know, to walk out on top like that. I think he literally finished the fight with. 209 left in the round. Like, that's when you know. Like, it was just made for, Nate think, DS to walk away at the top of the top. Gets a legend like that. And Tony's a legend himself. But Bobby Green is not on that level anymore. And I think Bobby Green is the gatekeeper of unranked fighters. And if you can beat him, you know, you could start to believe you're going to be a ranked fighter. But Bobby Green, every time he gets close to fighting these top guys, it never, never pans out for him. I think that's exactly what happens here. I think Tony gets a win because I don't see Tony walking away. Tony can't Tony's his own worst enemy. He should have walked away two fights ago but he's never going to do that. And now he has a he looks he looks like a totally different person now. I just saw the embedded Yeah, I'm going honestly I'm going with Tony here. I don't know if it's going to be a knockout because I don't know what type of power Tony has anymore, but I think he's a way better fighter than Bobby Green here. And I, I have him in my parlay to to win. And I'm going, Tony, if it's not decision, I'm going with third-round knockout. I'm writing that down for the prediction because you just <laughs> made my night.
0: I would love for that to be the case. Um, Bobby Green is someone that also has an indomitable chin, right? So um, I hope yeah. this turns into the war that, that it could have been a couple years ago. Exactly. Um, but I, I just feel like Bobby
1: Green... This fight's too super... Much long overdue. It's yeah. super long overdue. And it's because Tony was on top of the world for so long. Yeah, I mean, he never would never that he would never fight. He would have he never he fought Imagine
0: fighting him. Yeah, literally.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like Bobby's been around and he never got to Tony's level. And yet Tony's fallen off. But Tony's fallen off to the best of the best. Mm. Bobby's fallen off years ago to the mediocre and the guys who have weren't even in their prime yet going past them. Like, every time he wins, two he loses one then you'll lose two more then win two more and he just always he's always flip flop so I I really believe Tony and it's only I, I almost I want Tony to lose because I want him to retire I don't want to see him keep fighting it reminds me of like Donald Cerrone in a way where I love Donald but please stop like it's scaring me every time you get in there but I think Tony Ferguson's is too good for uh, is his own worst enemy and he wins, and then he thinks he could fight another two or three more times based mm-hmm. off of one win. And I think that's what happens on Saturday night.
0: I like it. I like it. Nice, thorough breakdown there. Uh, next up at welterweight, we've got the number mm-hmm. seven-ranked Stephen Thompson coming up against the number 15th-ranked Michelle Pereira. Ooh, um, what a weird one. Uh, yeah, re- very strange matchup. Karate versus karate. Uh, odds-wise as well. Um, stephen thompson is a minus 165 favorite the comeback on michelle Pereira is plus 140. i'm gonna let you take the lead on this one sean go ahead
1: well like i said karate versus karate here um this is gonna be it's gonna be fun this is gonna be really fun it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a banger um the the Pereira fight where he had against ponsonibio that one fight of the night that was one of the best fights i've seen from both of those guys in five or six years that was an incredible fight uh, it was it probably my favorite fight because it was on the freaking Holly Home Fight Night. Can't stand Holly Home being a main event. I can't can't take it. But that was that's got my attention thinking and 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 believing in Pereira again. I I went into that fight thinking Ponzanibio was going to win, turn his, you know, tides around, but I think Pereira was great and I think this fight is something that Wonderboy has always wanted. He's always wanted a guy that he doesn't have to wrestle with and you know, have to deal with, you know, creating separation. Both these guys want separation. So I think these guys are going to absolutely just throw down. And I think Wonderboy is a way better fighter than Pereira. So I, I have Wonderboy. But this is going to be such a fun fight. I don't think people are talking about this enough because you have this main event that's just going to, they're going to kill each other. But this whole card, everyone's going to kill each other, especially the main event. I mean, the main card. But I think this is going to be um, an amazing fight. And I think unless, you know, uh, unless Pereira tries to go with the wrestling, and I don't think he's really going to try to do any sort of grappling or anything like that. I think this is going to be a nice little stand-up, karate versus karate. I know Pereira doesn't do exactly karate. He does karate and something else, but, you know, Wonderboy is strictly karate. This is fun. This fight has been rumored for, like, five years, and now I'm so glad that it's happening because they're both in the ranked, and, it, you know, you can't say this is a weird time so wonder boy's trying to build his one final attempt to get a belt he's seven right now i believe wins this probably goes to six and he slowly starts to build himself in the welterweight rankings and um i absolutely believe wonder boy wins this one you know he's a they're both pretty old wonder boy's an old man but i like this fight for him this is a perfect fight for him he's not having to deal with the wrestling and the grappling like that's his kryptonite so this is a great fight for one boy i expect to get a nice win here
0: i like it i like it i think this is a real defining fight in stephen thompson's legacy right i think i think if he loses this one um the talk of retirement swells up right I think this is a tailor-made matchup for him to win, right? I think if he ends up losing this one, I think it is that time, right? I just feel like stylistically, these kind of guys, right, has been the people that he's feasted on, right? People that are willing to come forward, people that are willing to engage, uh, really falls right into his style. Um, I think we all we get a nice, slick Stephen Thompson vintage KO here uh, with a straight left hand. Uh, give me Stephen Thompson by second round KO. Um, i i like michelle Pereira. (laughs) i think he's a a fucking unit for this weight class at 170 (laughs) um i just don't really see him um being able to overcome the specific things you need to do training wise in order to fight stephen thompson like such a weird uh style to prepare for and then even harder to fight against because you Inst- the instincts you usually have against other fighters when you're out of the fight um, really just puts you in so much trouble against Steven Thompson. And I think we've seen Michelle Pereira really chase after guys and and put himself in terrible positions to land big shots and, and, and ended up being the winner because of it, right? Um, if we get another Anthony Pettis um, just disastrous KO... Um, from Stephen Thompson here, I mean, from Michelle Pereira, I won't be surprised, honestly. I feel like even though Stephen Thompson has shown to be insanely durable, right? Look, just look at the Kevin Holland fight. Uh, the guy took some insane shots in that one and, and really put in w- one hell of a performance there. Um, but at the same time, he is getting up there in age, right? So th- that's why this fight is dangerous. That's why the odds are this close. Uh, but give me Stephen Thompson via second round TK-
1: TKO. I, I would say they're both getting up in there. They're probably the same age, right? They they got to be both.
0: Yes, pretty... but Stephen Thompson has a lot more fight miles on him. I feel like that's sure. a little bit more indicative an oh, no. actual
1: age, right? No, I would. Say, oh, what am I talking about? I think Pereira's got to be like a lot younger than that. I'm 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 imagining him as an old man already, but he's maybe like six seven years younger. If now that I'm thinking about it, mm. but I, 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 just like Boy. I guess he's old, but if you take away the Bilal Muhammad and Gilbert Burns, where they're just wrestling him the whole time so that he can never create distance, like he doesn't do anything. In those fights, he's just getting dominated, he's just getting taken down. Every, the second he even gets close, taken down, held down, you know, submission attempt, submission attempt, whatever. But the fight against Luque and Jeff Neal and then the one we just saw with Kevin Holland, he's winning Fight of the Knights, Performance of the Knights. You know, he's 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 who he's meant to be against a guy. Even though the fight way back then when he fought Masvidal, like he's fighting his fight. Dominating, keeping the distance, can't get close to him, and he's hurting you. All those fights, he's absolutely dominating, really high in striking and significant strikes. And I expect that here with the with Michelle Pereira. Against Michelle Pereira. I like it, man.
0: I like it. This is this is a, this is a fun fight. No matter what, which way it goes, it's going to be another banger. And I think they did that specifically for this card. Like, there's a lot of fights on this card uh, that are fucking bangers. So yeah, I'm literally as I continue to break down the card, I'm just getting more excited for it. Uh, but we, I've reached our co-main event, right? It is that time. Um, and and honestly, if you ask me, uh, this is one of, if not uh, the matchup that I've been thinking about for the longest time on this card. The matchup that I'm not really sure how it's going to go, uh, but I'm so excited to find out. We've got Yanni Blackjacks, Jan Blakovic coming up against Poatan Alex Pereira. Obviously, they're ranked... Um, Blakovic is ranked third at light heavyweight and currently Alex Pereira still listed as second at middleweight even though he has moved up right now the odds are basically a pick 'em with Jan Blakovic being at minus one 120 so a real slight favorite but basically a pick 'em with Alex Pereira at minus 110 now when I imagine how this fight is going to play out I think we have a, a really fun a really fun indicator, right? When you think back to the Jan Blokovic versus Israel Adesanya fight, where we have a kickboxing based striker in MMA coming up against the bigger foe, right? And Jan Blokovic. Um, now, in that matchup, I think Jan Blokovic really showed his worth with takedowns as well as checking of leg kicks. I feel like that's the biggest thing to keep an eye out for in this matchup. I think Politan is really good with low calf kicks. Um, But Jan Blakovic has, in my opinion, the best. And this is maybe a hot take, right? And and may get a couple of people to look at me weird, but he has the best kick defense in MMA, in my opinion, uh, across the board. Um, And it's not just because of technique, but it's also because of just straight willingness, right? You need to be willing to take that shot in order to check a kick. And it ain't easy, right? Most of the time, whenever I'm and trying to be taught how to check kicks, I'm wincing. And by the end, I'm crying because it fucking hurts. And it's hard to put yourself in a position, right? Mentally, where you're willing to put yourself in that spot to hurt your opponent. Jan Blokovic must have just titanium <laughs> fucking um, shins at this point. His shins must be absolutely insanely conditioned to take damage because he is so willing to check kicks kind of scary how willing he is to sort of put himself in that position and it always pays off for him you see come later the later in these fights he doesn't even look as slow as he does in round one because his opponent's legs are just battered to pieces and a lot of times it's not even because he's kicking it's because they're kicking and he's checking them um As far as knockout punch and power, it's very clear Politan has the advantage in that realm. Um, And we've seen Jan Blakovic kind of get one punched against guys like Tiago Santos. So that sort of bodes in a negative direction for me. I'm going to go with the slight upset here. I'm picking Politan. I think Politan really has next-level power that I've seen translate in kickboxing. So I... I think this is going to be a really dangerous fight for as long as it lasts. Um, I think I won't be surprised if this one ends up going the decision either. And honestly, if Jan Blachowicz takes him down and, and submits him, I won't be surprised either, right? It's that kind of a matchup. I just feel like Alex Pereira, training with Glover and, and the and company. Um he's continuing to work on those things that we don't really necessarily have seen in the last couple of fights, but I don't doubt that he's been really getting the time in with Glover working on those different aspects of his game and I think it's going to be harder than people think to take him down in a matchup where he should have the striking advantage if all things are equal. So man, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm nervous, I'm scared, but give me Polton round 2 TKO
1: you want me to be honest with you? Yes, sir. I think this is going to be one of the most one-way fights that you'll ever see. I think Jan absolutely dominates forever. Wow. I don't even think it's going to be close. I think this is so overhyped. I think this is as perfect for Jan as you can get. This is going to be his fourth fight fighting a guy coming up in weight. Fought Jacare, coming from middleweight, now went to light heavyweight. Luke Rockhold, when he decided, I'm going to go to light heavyweight. Adesanya, and now he's fighting Pereira. He's seen this so many times. Granted, Pereira's basically a light heavyweight already, but I think Pereira was so dominant because he was fighting in a weight class underneath him. Pereira is a light heavyweight, but he was fighting in middleweight and could dominate anyone. He had he, crazy power and he's way bigger than everyone. But Pereira's chin, very weak to me. I think he's, I don't think he can last one punch. from One one clean Jan Blachowicz Polish power. I think Pereira is sleeping. Really? Yep. I honestly do. And I don't think Pereira is even remotely close to Jan's level when it comes to light heavyweight. I think I think they should have given Pereira like a top 10 guy and maybe I would have gone with him. But to give him Jan, a former champion, and I'm I'm not even on the Jan Blachowicz train because that Magomed fight, he lost that fight. And, you know, he, he was great against Rakic and then you know, I, I'm not sure how 100% Rakic was at that one. But then the loss to Glover, like that's the kind of what makes me believe a little bit because Glover has seen Jan. He beat him. You know, he now is telling everything to Pereira on how to beat him. I get it. But Glover's a different style fighter than Mm -hmm. Pereira. You know, he's going to take you down. He's going to smother you and just take your breath away literally and choke you. Pereira's going to stand with you and just give you, you know, some crazy combinations and that crazy left hook, and it's going to take your head off. But Blachowicz can do the same thing. And I think Blachowicz is on a totally different level here. I think we're going to see it within the first two or three minutes when Blachowicz has Pereira scared. You're going to see it. Uh, I honestly, to be completely honest with you, I would be surprised if it goes past round one. But I absolutely believe Jan Blachowicz knocks out Pereira within this fight, and it won't even be close.
0: Holy shit. This is hot take central. I did not expect that at all. I love it though. I love, I love a man that's convicted and you sir are very confident in that it's going to happen. Do we have a I round would, pick here?
1: Yeah. I would absolutely love for Pereira to win because then you could set up so many storylines here. Mm-hmm. Then you get Pereira versus Yuri. Cause now Glover's retired. You get this sort of situation here where just like Jan Glover could tell what to do about Yuri. And then if not, you know whatever happens with that fight, if if Pereira wins that fight, if I'm totally wrong about Pereira, and he can go and beat Uh yuri after this, then oh my God, then you set up this whole storyline with, you could have Pereira as the as the light heavyweight champion, Adesanya chilling and middleweight, maybe Adesanya comes up to fight again to try to become a double champ. You could make a, such a crazy storyline. So I would love for Pereira to win. I'm not really too sold on Belhovech. Beating Yuri, I don't think that's going to happen. Hmm. But I think Jan's on a totally different level than Pereira. And I think that happens now. Because I think Lehovich was got a little comfortable winning the title. Hmm. Defeated Adesanya to defend it. And then I think I think we all went into that Glover fight thinking that Jan was going to win that fight. Uh, I, I know I expected 41-year-old Glover to not win that fight. So it was just a nice thing to do for Glover because he had won five, six in a row. It was a nice story. I wanted Glover to win. I just didn't think it was possible. But then Glover wins, and then Jan looks totally like a different fighter. Went out and beat rocket, but then the Magomed fight, it looked like just looked so mediocre the last three fights. But I think it's a perfect thing for, for him to get Pereira because he's gotten the experience with three other middleweights coming to light heavyweight and dominating all three of them. This isn't new territory for him, and for this, it sets up a title fight, which he so desperately wants that belt back. I think this is the perfect stepping stone for that, and that's what I think happens.
0: I love it, dude. I did not expect that at all. Honestly, I felt that way initially. Like I felt like gun to my head, my initial pick when I heard the matchup, I was like, "I'm Jan Jan Blachowicz by decision." Right, that was my initial pick. So the fact that you're picking by KO is really fascinating. I think. <laughs> what we saw with his chin really had to do with the weight cut more than anything remember yeah um alex Pereira fought at at light heavyweight in kickboxing right he never fought at middleweight in kickboxing um well he was a two-weight weight uh world champion but the weight classes are closer to yeah 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 205 versus the actual um 185 yep. division so i think that is also affecting your your thoughts on his chin right but i <laughs> hey i love jan Blokovic's power as well hey, I, send some shots fan. man
1: send some shots my way let's go i'm a yeah. big fan no, no, no wrong. I, I'm wrong. I gotta
0: i gotta i gotta i gotta talk my shit too because i'm like i i do see where you're coming from i could see how you arrive there um but it's just in my opinion it's hoping that jan Blokovic can do a lot of things consistently that unfortunately i feel like as he's gotten older um the peak right of him being able to do those things consistently i don't think is there um i agree i think had Rockage not got injured right i think there's a big chance that he would have lost that fight um based on how it was going before the injury but who knows right maybe maybe the injury was caused because of some of those checks that i was talking about earlier right we can't just assume um that it was just a freak accident right so Man, this is a fun fucking fight and you could tell we're on opposite ends of this but there's so many different angles so I love it. I love this co-main event. I can't wait to be sitting down watching it. Uh but we're on opposite sides. Can't wait. Can't wait. This might be the one that determines who wins this week, right? Absolutely. Uh, but d- do what did I get a round from you? TK oh, okay. round what?
1: Hmm. I actually I have another question for you, but to answer yours I'm going to say round two. Yep. Just like me. Round
0: two is the winner.
1: What is your question, brother? My question was, I, I, I forgot to ask you this before, but I'm going to ask you now, since we're still talking about it, you know, with everything that happened with Yuri and then, um, with what's his name that I love, um, forgetting. Um, oh my God. Jamal Why Hill. Yes. Jamal Hill, obviously. Great, it's like a well, heavyweight division is a little cursed right now. But were you happy that they didn't make this a five round title fight underneath the BMF belt or above it, whatever? Or were you happy that they kept this at three rounds and that, you know, they're kind of saving this for Yuri when he comes back to fight for the vacant, you know, whenever that's going to be. But mm-hmm. um, at first, I kind of wanted them to make this. fight, you know, five round that they both have our champ were champions. They have no five-round experience. I would have loved that to see, uh, you know, both of them dig down maybe a little late, you know, in the training camp to do. But Mm -hmm. I would have loved to see it. But as time has gone by, I'm glad that they didn't because um, I I think it's best to leave it for Yuri to fight for a vacant belt, not to fight against someone who really didn't deserve it because this fight wasn't deserving to be – championship level fight you, they, mm. this was the number one contender fight so if this was an interim fight i would have been like okay 100 percent, throw an interim title on it 100 percent. but not to become the undisputed champion you're, you're not you're not undisputed because it's completely disputed so it's,
0: it's it's disputed squared at this point yeah. <laughs> there's two asterisks on the title exactly run. exactly so,
1: so I, yes
0: i do feel what like they made the right move i think bumping any fight to a five-round fight on a couple weeks notice is a bad idea in my opinion i think it just changes the way the fight was planned to play out right like i would assume if you're fighting a 30-round fight it's a, a little bit more of a taxing game plan as far as you have a 15-minute window to let everything out versus the 25 minutes where you're kind of figuring out where to ration your skills right i don't want to put them in a position to try to coast right in a fight where it the the stakes are so high so i think it made sense why that was the initial thought right because this is the biggest light heavyweight fight on the horizon right now so it makes sense why you would want to give it that asterisk but i agree i think yuri is the king of this division even if everyone is healthy right so i think him being able to fight for a vacant belt considering how he left the title i think that's a really good storyline so i do like that um Would I have been mad if they'd done it? No. I think this is a fight that is deserving. If there's any other fight that is booked that light heavyweight that's deserving, it's this one. So I I wouldn't have hated it, uh, but I agree. I like that um, they didn't go that route. They kept it a three-rounder because it feels like this one's just a number one contender fight now. There is more stakes, even though the belt's not attached to it. It's pretty obvious, right? this is number two and number three so and number one is injured so whoever wins this one is most likely going to be the guy to to face yuri when he comes back and i think that's an awesome matchup no matter who it is i think both of those guys pose different threats and make for a fun matchup so yeah get inject this fight into my veins though like no matter what (laughs) if it was a title fight this fight would have been great so i'm pumped to see how it plays out given the three round nature i think it gives us more action than we would have got in a five rounder Um, But now, it is time to talk about the action men themselves. Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje, too. Their first fight was an absolute barn burner. I watched that one back recently, and I was actually surprised on how bad Dustin got hurt in that one, too, right? I, I, I feel like when you know the way these fights play out, especially for Poirier's career, you tend to think, man, he's so good. Like, he really dominated... And man, these fights are razor thin until they're not like, I feel like that's the case for a lot of Poirier's fights, especially recently, man, there's so, there's so many different angles, so many different ways I could try to shoot uh, this fight. But for me, I think it really ultimately comes down to two things. I think it comes down to setting and experience. And I think the, the, the setting for this fight is in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is at elevation. And I think that's going to play a big factor in this fight. Now, why do I think that plays a big factor? I think it's very clear, right? Justin Gaethje trains at elevation. Dustin Poirier does not. And I think when when you consider their fighting style, they both kind of have the same gear, right? There's no uh, let's let's cruise and figure each other out for none of these guys. Um, We turn into a barn burner pretty quickly. And I think given that and also considering that, Between both of these guys, I think they're both at that stage of their career, right? Where within a couple fights, I don't see either of these guys staying at the top of this division. And I know that sounds crazy, right? Because they've been at the top of this division for so long. I just feel like they're coming towards the peak of the mountain for their career versus uh, still ascending towards the top. Um, I think there's a lot of young guys that are really gonna take over lightweight real soon uh, but we're not there just yet. Um, When you look at this matchup, what really concerns me for Poirier is honestly his last couple of fights. Like his last fight, I thought it was very clear that he won against Chandler. But round one, he got hurt against Michael Chandler and was really in a bad position. And I think you could think back to a bunch of di- different fights that are, was the same kind of story, right? Dustin, uh, the first Dustin-Justin fight. The Dan Hooker fight. Like, there's so many different fights that you can remember. Poirier is a goddamn dog, and I don't doubt... I'm not saying he's going to get flash knocked out here. I just feel like that plus the elevation really does add up. And when you consider Justin Gaethje, while he has also taken some insane damage in his career, I think as his career is getting a little bit longer, I think he is actually getting a little more technical. I think we saw that in his jab in the last fight against Fiziev. I think... He knows a little bit better, in my opinion, how to get hurt and put himself back in a good position than Dustin Poirier at this stage of their career. Now, once again, I can picture a scenario where we we watch this fight and I'm just completely wrong, right? And Poirier is able to dominate out the gate. Um, but I just feel like Justin Gaethje is really coming into his own at a time where Poirier, we've seen him sort of come up short against big-time opponents at this weight class already. They're both kind of crescendoing in their careers. And I think this is going to be an all-time banger. Like, I think this fight, there's no way this fight is going to be not fun to watch, right? Like, if this fight is boring, I think I might just stop watching MMA. Like, this is one of those um, guaranteed all-action fights. I'm picking Justin Gaethje by late round TKO. um, But I won't be surprised if this goes either way. You're muted, brother.
1: Why was I muted? All right, uh, my bad. Um, I have a even crazier hot take for you. <laughs> I think, unfortunately, I- I'm a much bigger fan of Justin than I am Dustin. Um, uh, not I don't know, Dustin. Dustin makes me cringe in a way. <laughs> I was a big fan of Dustin, but I feel like Dustin cries and complains a lot hmm. and I feel like he's always he's always doing a lot of like like crying about stuff even after he wins I don't know He he's I, I don't want to get too into that because I want to talk about the fight but I'm not a big fan of Dustin so I would absolutely love for Justin to win but I think Dustin wins in the third round and uh, by knockout but And while that happens, I think Justin retires. That is my big prediction. I think Gaethje, I think Gaethje has made it clear that this is, he's doing one final run here and if he loses this, that run is all but over. And I think that's why this is going to be one of the best fights we will ever see, I think it's going to be an absolute. I would love for this to go into the fifth round, even the fourth round, but they're going to swing they're going to absolutely obliterate each other you know th- it's going to be like the michael chandler fight for both of them where they just stand and beat the shit out of each other mm-hmm. and one of them's going to go down i feel like poirier can get hurt we've seen it get hurt even in the connor fights and like i'm not the biggest connor fan but even in the connor fight that second the second uh the first round of the second fight you know he clipped him and you could see that that bothered poirier but you know like Connor is nowhere near what he once was, even in the third fight. You know, he clipped him uh, again in the third fight, and you can see uh, Dustin was r- rattled a little bit before, you know, con- putting him against the cage, and then Connor can't do anything in the wrestling. But I've seen him get hurt. The Chandler fight really rattled Dustin. And, I, you know, I think they're both heading towards the tail end. I think they both got one little title run left in them, and I think it continues for Dustin but I think Dustin will never ever be a champion I don't think I think he will always go down as the ultimate gatekeeper of the UFC of the never going to win but always be a number one contender the you know fighting for a title but can never get there well Uriah Faber in a way but Uriah had won before when he was in the WEC and then once he came to once the UFC had He had the five title fights, but never could win, you know? So I think that that's what's going to happen. I think Dustin wins. And then Justin will realize after being obliterated, you won't even recognize who Justin is anymore. You won't recognize who Dustin is either. But I think Justin will sit there in the moment, upset, knowing that that was probably the toughest fight he can have. Really knowing there's not going to be many people left to fight. And for what he's got the money, he's safe, he's good. Um, and then retiring, putting the gloves down and you know, having the fans endure him and saying goodbye. Unless they do some sort of event in Arizona coming up that I don't know about, that that's where he's from. I think this is it for Justin Gaethje. I think it's gonna be a hell of a finish to an incredible career. And I think Dustin will continue on for another two or three fights until his reign is over as you know once he loses again but i think dustin justin dustin will win the bmf belt if that really matters and then justin will endure the fans with the gloves down and retire
0: Oof, i love it what what is the round on this tko that you gave me i What's i said I said, I said third
1: i said third round knockout but i that's why i was saying i i hope it goes to a fourth and even a fifth because i want this to be probably one of the best fights you'll ever see in the ufc i think it it's gonna be probably a top five, top 10 fight. We're gonna be sitting there wherever we are watching this, either if we're together or not. But, oh, oh, like, you know, we're gonna be, oh God, we're gonna be doing this. Like, please, like, you know, stop. It's gonna to be tough to watch, but it's gonna be an incredible fight. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be sad to see someone like Justin go, but that's just my prediction. I'm not saying that that's what's out there, but you know, cause UFC doesn't, especially fighters, they don't tell anybody they're retiring until afterward the yeah, robbie yeah. lower thing was like a once in a lifetime thing that we we have never seen that really so i think that's what happens and um uh, you know keep this train going yeah
0: i won't be surprised if both of these guys retire after this to be honest like i, I feel like they're both at that stage of their career yeah but i also won't be surprised if they both got three more in them right like it, it's kind yeah. of it, it's kind of a crossroads fight for both of these guys and that's why i really like this matchup and i like that it's a rematch too because i feel like Gives them time to get another look at a matchup that they already saw, um, but a crazy matchup nonetheless, right? Uh, absolute war! Please watch that first fight again. Oh yeah. Leg kicks were the dif- the difference in that one. Yeah. I think in this one it's gonna be um it's gonna be body work against defense. I think once Poirier gets hurt, he just sort of puts himself against defense, and I think that's what's gonna be the difference. I would love again. shows would you shows you, for you for that I'm on the other happen. side, right? <laughs> I would
1: love for what you're saying to happen. Because I think whoever loses next, or, or once they lose, either one of them, is retired.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: even in the embedded, I, I heard Poirier say this, that he doesn't have to do this anymore. He doesn't really want to. But, you know, he's trying to get that title one last time. Like, he's trying to get one last title ring. And you heard Gaethje say it in the last fight that he won against Fazeev. I think same thing. I think if Gaethje loses, he's retiring. If Dustin loses, I don't know if he'll retire right then and there. But I think he'll consider it. Maybe do one more and then retire, but I think this could be the final fight for whoever loses. Whew. God Goddamn! And then the other goes to a title shot.
0: And what a way to go out, right? Like this is gonna absolutely be a, this is gonna be a barn burner, man. I can't wait for this one, and we've said that enough, so I think it's time to move on. But I'm looking forward to this, right? Because the more I kind of thought about this, I'm like, man, this card is kind of filled with a bunch of old guys, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it is. so this kind of changes the way I think we should make these picks but i'm really excited to do this little dynasty draft so once again for context a dynasty league typically seen in football is where you are drafting players right with the idea that this this player will be on your team for the the future right until they retire they are on your team and you got to consider that when you're making these picks right whether or not yeah, they might be good right now, but are they a good long-term investment? And I think when looking at this card, there aren't many of those, right? So it kind of makes a sleeper pick here. So I'm going to flip a coin here, and the way we're going to run this draft is whoever gets the first pick, after that, it's going to be a snake draft. So it'll be 1-2, and then it'll be 2-1, and then 1-2. So whoever gets the first pick obviously gets um, two picks after that, and same thing, vice versa. So
1: Keeping it should- just in the card.
0: Yeah, only for fighters mm. on this card. So um, let me do a little quick coin flip on the internet, <laughs> and then we will decide who's winning this. So you're going to call the flip for us?
1: This is a bunch. I'm going with heads on this one. This is a bunch of old heads.
0: And it lands <laughs> on heads. So look at that. You get, you get the first pick of all the fighters at UFC 291 for the Dynasty Draft. Who are you going
1: with here? Mm. Mm, 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 mm. This is tough. Oh. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, this is, um, you know what? Because if we're going to what is the best way to get a guy into a title shot right now, I'm going to stay away from the prospects first. I'll get to them. So I'm going to take Dustin. God, you only get one it. pick
0: It's my pick next.
1: I know. Chill. I know.
0: Chill. So you're going Dustin
1: Poirier first pick to if he's my next, if he's my greatest shot to a title. Got to go with what I know. Dustin's definitely the first guy on the list, so I'm going to take Dustin for the first overall pick.
0: I think right here is where the snake benefits me the most yes I think the obvious pick for me right here is going to be Justin Gaethje especially because I think he's going to win so thank you for that one makes made it made it easier for me and then my my third pick here now this is where things get interesting right this is where if things go the way you laid it out this isn't the best pick I could make right but I think this is the best pick the best available player on the board so to speak give me Alex Pereira with my
1: third I love that thank you that's a steal for me because I'm taking Jan because oh, that's what really I'm anyway. Absolutely. I'm taking old man Yanni Blackjacks. I'm taking Bohovic all day. Alex Pereira will never sniff another title fight again. Unless it's against Adesanya if he decides to go back down. He's never sniffing Oof. another title shot. It's just not right. happening. All right, so I, I think this right, really hinges on.
0: on who wins here, right? On whether or not <laughs> who came out on top of this of this little uh, exercise. You get the next pick again, so the Ooh. fifth pick.
1: This is tough because it's so much old dudes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if uh, I have to think of someone who's gonna get a get to the title next. Oh, okay, I'm gonna go with oh my god this is so tough i got two i'm debating on i'm going to stick to the main card first you're not going to agree with it but i'm going to say it anyway and i'm going to go with michael chiesa
0: okay
1: i'm going to take him i believe he's still a top 10 top five fighter and the injuries have killed him but i think he could still be a top 10 top five fighter so i'll take that for right now
0: i like that pick i like where it's placed as well i think no matter who, right, it, I think we're picking both of the guys in this fight, so I think it's fair. But I'm glad you went Kiesa, because if I had the chance between the two of them, I was picking this guy anyway. So give me Kevin Holland with my sixth pick. So that leaves us with the roster of the following. Sean has Dustin Poirier, Jan Blakovich, and Michael Kiesa, And I've got Justin Gaethje, Alex Pereira, and Kevin Holland. So we got a three-team, di- three little team dynasty. Oh no
1: no 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 no! You gotta, you gotta go four. And oh, we're, got, going four?
0: we're going four. You have four? to go okay. four. My bad, my bad.
1: Got to finish the snake.
0: All right. Now, we and... did finish the snake technically, but okay. Seventh pick for Sean
1: is. <laughs> well, no. One, two. We did three. six.
0: So now we're doing eight.
1: No, yeah, you gotta, fi- yeah, you gotta finish the snake because I would get the last second to last pick, right? or oh, I don't know. I was thinking, yeah, so whatever. We'll do we four. finished the
0: snake because I went first, well, you That's, went first yeah, and I you're went right, last. You're right. But it's all you're good. Right. We, we could go four. Do I don't fourth. care. Let's go four. Because I want
1: I want the fourth one to be a prospect or all someone right. looking at in the in the prelims here. So for the fourth, I'm going to go with, oh, this is so tough. I have two guys in mind here, but give me Kopalov. That's who oh, I want.
0: Oh, you sniped me. Gosh. <laughs> I wanted that so bad. I was
1: going him or Vergara, but I, I like Kopolov here, and uh, I'll take him for my I'm final I'm going to go pick. with
0: the person that I think has the the strongest upside in their division. I think that's the important part to consider that. and That is Miranda Maverick. Ooh, wow. Okay. Okay. Whew. So, so we've got four there. picks. Four picks. Our, our final rosters are as follows. Mine are Justin Gaethje, Alex Pereira, Kevin Holland, and Miranda Maverick. And yours are <clears throat> obviously ju- uh, Dustin Poirier, Jan Blakovich, Roman Cop- um sorry, Michael Chiesa, and Roman Kopalov. So right. this was a fun exercise. I think this is something we should like keep that. around, right? We should, Something we should keep around in the future because I think it, it gives us an interesting way to sort of look at these fighters and, and their futures in these divisions while also giving us something fun to sort of look at moving forward, right? Um, so who knows, right? Maybe this is something we revisit later, like uh, whose Dynasty team did the best in this year after after doing this for some time. I think yeah, that'll be right. pretty cool to keep track of. But... With that all being said, I think that's that's it for today, man. UFC 291 is a fucking barn burner. The amount of KO picks we both have is insane. Like, I was looking at the thing, and I'm like, there's no way this plays out this way. Like, there's going to be some decisions <laughs> along the way that we didn't pick. Uh, but that just really speaks to the matchmaking on this card. They really wanted to make this entire card uh, a banger and they did so so really looking forward to checking this out before we head out sean make sure you to remind them where they can find you
1: you can find me at Agron 26 um and then at bs reports uh and then bsreports.org you can find me there message me anytime you can uh, email me whatever and uh at seanagron 26, I believe is the email as well. So, but regardless you can find me and whatever you want to do sports related, you find me, I will help you regardless. That's just who I am. I love getting people started and, uh, it's going to be, you can, it's going to be fun. I thank you. I appreciate you for having me on as always. And, um, it's going to be an incredible card. I, I look forward to talking about it once we have seen everything unfold in front of us. And, uh, See you in the next one.
0: Heck yeah, man. This is awesome. And I think maybe maybe moving forward, it might want to consider separating the recap and the preview, right? Because having a full preview show like this, I think we were able to do a lot more. So it's time to consider moving forward. But once again, thank you for coming on. Make sure that you're following the brand OTS Media Co. on all platforms, OTS Media on YouTube as well as you can check me out on Twitter at NegronMMA, as well as ChrisNegron underscore on Instagram. So keep an eye out for that. Also going to be having a TikTok on the horizon, but I ain't ready to make that commitment just yet. But once I am, you'll see a lot more content clips wise from of the different shows we do on this channel. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. Sean, thank you so much. It's been real as always. Uh, One of the most accountable people in the podcasting industry, right? So if you need anything, definitely reach out to him. Make sure you're letting us know as well how you feel about the show. Let us know if there's anything you want us to add, anything you want us to change. What do you like? What do you dislike? We'd love to hear from you guys and tailor the show a little bit more to what you guys want. But with all that being said, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.